speaking on today. We, uh, I want to go back to our, our roots, so, so to speak, and kind of get us ready for, for Easter. But first I wanted you to listen to something. Let me tell you something about it. It goes back to my roots, that what I feel of North Point. Uh, when God first gave me this vision of this church, that I would pastor a church filled with lots of different people that, that look different, that act different, that sung different, that eat different from all over culture. That's what I believed. And I've never... I guess sometimes I have the world taints my dream, but God keeps telling me don't let go of that dream that I gave you. Amen. And I, I heard a, a message this week that, that kind of goes along with it. Joseph was a dreamer. I'm a dreamer. Joseph was a dreamer, and, and his dad gave him this coat, you know, and it was a pretty coat. And uh, the brothers were jealous of the coat. So he had to come out and say, hey, how y'all like my coat? We hate your coat. Then he come out and said, hey, guys, I had a dream. Your sheaves of wheat are going to bow down to my sheaf of wheat. How you like that dream? <laughs> we hate that dream. We hate your coat. But Joseph still wore his coat because his father gave it to him. It's 2019. I'm still wearing that coat. I'm still going to hang to the dream that my father gave to me. And part of that dream is this. Rap music. I at one time hated rap music. Then my son explained to me that rap stood for rhythm-assisted poetry. Now, I like poetry. And it kind of put it in perspective for me. And part of my job as a pastor is to encourage you and other folks to, to be stretched, to use their God-given talents to glorify Him. That's what I do as your pastor. I am your biggest cheerleader. I am your biggest cheerleader. I want you to hear a rap that J.J., and Nick have written and produced before we get started. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I want to tell you, if, if anything, just based on 20 years' experience, a lot of people tell you to follow your dream. I'm just going to tell you to keep your coat on. God give you this dream, keep your coat on. No matter what anybody said, because things going to happen. Because I believe that it's not about you following your dreams. Your dream is going to follow you. It's going to happen. Your dream will follow you. Joseph went through a lot of stuff, lots of stuff, but not once in Genesis does it say Joseph followed his dreams. 
says his string followed him. It'll follow you. Now, let's get into the message this week. I struggle with this. There's no message notes in your, in your outline because I didn't have it by Wednesday. When I say struggled, I don't know if I mean struggled. You know, it was Palm Sunday. I waited. But it wasn't going to be organized. It wasn't going to be so y'all could fill in some blanks. It was Palm Sunday, and I, I had it all done. And I started to hit sand, and I just wasn't settled. That ain't it. And so I wrote another thing and apologized to Sue and the rest of them. I just didn't have it. I just didn't have it. Take sent back an encouraging thing. I know it's going to be great because it's from, it'll be spirit-led. And, and so I waited, like Dave said. Palm Sunday is important. I mean, it's the day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem and everybody was celebrating. And then a week later, they crucified him. And then three days later, he was resurrected. And, and that's Easter. And it was joyful. Easter's joyful. And, and so I want to know how you feel that joy. And, and so this coming week, starting today, we prepare for next week. We prepare for next week, Easter. But what I know as your pastor and somebody that loves you, to feel the joy of Easter, we got to share the joy of Easter. Do you get that? We got to share. We got to, what that means is we got to let other people know about it. And this is the best time of year to tell other people and to let them know about it. So I want to look at today, what does it take to really have a, 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 a conversation about faith and, and to share this joy of Easter? And you and me, we need to get better at this. So we need to figure out how to do it. And the way to do it is to look at Jesus Christ and, and, and his conversations that, that he had. And today we're going to look at one of my most favorite passages. Is, is it the woman at the well? The woman at the well. I said in my, my Facebook this morning that if I could, I would change the name of our church to the well. I know there's already one in Carl. Because the well is significant to me. And the well was what I kind of looked at when we, we began uh, North Point Church. It's that whole conversation and how Jesus treated this lady. Because she's poor, she's despised, she's just a common woman. But Jesus would talk to anybody. He loved everybody. And in this way, this, this way he treated her at the well, we, we can see how to have a, a conversation about faith. A faith that creates a, a new kind of joy that we can share this week 
in the marketplace. In the marketplace. You see, I told you a while ago in 1997, I had a dream. And I dreamed of a woman in the well kind of church. That's what I dreamed of. A woman at the well kind of church. You know, in 1999, wasn't it? We came up, was it 99, David, when we came up here to, to this property? 99, somewhere we came up to the property, maybe 2000. We moved in here in 2002. Somewhere around there. The year's probably not that important. But we came up here, and I don't know how many, there was about six, seven guys right taxing with us, and, and we stood in a circle. And we prayed somewhere close to where uh, you're at now. And we asked God if he wanted this land for us to use to start North Point Church. It's kind of hard to describe. You, you almost had to be there. But the Holy Spirit was with us. We knew. There was, there was no doubt. We were even denied this land. I don't know if y'all know that or not. There was no doubt that this land was supposed to be used for this church, for you to sit here today. Then I remember speaking to Derek and Sheila. They came up here when church wasn't going on. I'm not even sure if the building was finished yet. No sign of life here. And Derek said they sat outside and they prayed. But first... They felt something different here. Well, see, that difference is the Holy Spirit had set this place to be holy. To be holy. What's taught here, what's said here, is to be listened to and applied. So I heard something by Pastor Ford this week. On 88.9. He said, what you learn in the holy place, you should live in the marketplace. I believe you're in a holy place right now. And in doing that, I want you to do me a favor so you remember today. Moses, when he was in a holy place, they asked him to take his shoes off. Not they. God said, remove your shoes. For you're now standing on holy ground. I believe you are standing on holy ground. So I'm going to ask you to take your shoes off. So you can be reminded that you're on holy ground. Just leave them off. I'm going to take mine off. Yeah, I got them Tennessee socks. <laughs> but I want, you to, I, want you to, I want you to get it, man. I know this sounds silly. We did this in Promise Keepers. Some of you, you're on holy ground. You're on holy ground. And what's taught in the holy place, you and I should live in the marketplace. So we're going to be taught how to have a conversation about faith. 
from an encounter that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ had with a woman at the well. The very first thing you got to do is this. You've got to break through some barriers. If you're going to have a conversation about faith in the marketplace, you've got to break through some barriers. I'm talking about some things that you need to say. They might be psychological, emotional, cultural. Jesus had to break through some barriers. He wasn't even supposed to be speaking to a Samaritan or a woman. I'm going to be in John 4. Six through nine, for the biggest part. Or John four, actually, just, but right now I'm fixing to read you. Six through nine. It says, Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied, he, I'm sitting there thinking, there's the first barrier he had to break through. He was tired. You're a bit so tired. So I'm too tired to talk to them. I'm too tired to go over there. I'm too tired to do that. Jesus, wearied, as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. Think about it. I'm too tired to go to small group. I'm wore slap out. <laughs> Jesus weary. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Just a simple question. But it opened up the conversation. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink for me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus wasn't even supposed to speak to her. He's a rabbi. He's really not even supposed to talk to a woman at all. Just some rules they had. Jesus, he was tired. I mean, when I'm tired, I want you to put me in a recliner. And the last thing I want to do is even take a call. I don't even want to text you. But he talked to her. He wore out. So you and me, we're going to have to break through some barriers to talk about our faith. If, if Jesus did it, we should be able to do it because we are to be Christ-like. But sometimes we think at work, what do they think of me? Do they think I'm some kind of Jesus freak? I want to tell you something. If we can't talk about our faith, we are missing out on one of the greatest opportunities of our lifetime. And don't tell me you can't do it by digital message. The man I'm baptizing in the second service, Ben Hayes, I led him to Christ on Facebook Messenger. He was in a truck in Colorado. And I'm not trying to lift me up. I'm telling you how God can work in different ways these days. God can work. You got to break some barriers. Don't be afraid to lose your coolness. You know, don't be afraid. I mean, me of all people, I am not cool. I mean, young people, they say, oh, Jim, oh, Pastor Jim, you cool. Cool guys tell me that. Let me give you a secret. If a cool guy has to tell you that you're cool, you ain't cool. <laughs> you ain't cool. 
I know what you're doing, son. I know I'm not cool. <laughs> but I'm okay with that. You know why? Because you got to be who you are. You got to be who you are. He just asked for a drink. It was a simple conversation starter. It opened the door. You know why it was good for him to ask for a drink for her? I wrote in my Bible, that woman knew water. Do you get it? She knew something about water. She came to get it several times a day. So why not start off just a simple conversation about water? He says, can I have a drink? Simple, simple conversation. Because when you open the door, amazing things happen. Amazing things happen. But then you got to do number two. Jesus done this. He loved to listen. He loved to listen. Loved to listen. And I want to tell you something, guys. Listen because you love. Listen because you love. Look at, verse, at that verse 9. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, would you ask for a drink from me? A woman of Samaria. For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. All throughout the conversation, Jesus listened. He listened. He needed to because he needed to respond to her. We see it in his response. You see, you know what listening does? Listening says you're important. If you don't interrupt, it says you're valuable. Listening's huge. We're not going to go into it today, but I'll tell you, listening can help your marriage. Amen? And don't fall asleep when you listen. Stay away. Don't do as I do. Do as I say. What I really like what Jesus was doing was this. When you listen, listen between the lines. Listen between the lines. Remember what I've always told you, hurt, hurt people, hurt people? Listen between the lines. Look, look, at, look, at, look in their eyes. Look in their eyes and, 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 and not your phone. And, and see, focus on their needs and not what you want to say. Y'all know what I'm talking about there. But also I want to tell you this. Don't become so focused on the four happy hops to heaven that you miss out on an opportunity to listen. Sometimes we get so focused on the road the Roman road, is that what it's called? That we totally missed out on the person in front of us. And they know it. They know it. And here's what else. Don't listen for an opportunity to talk. What I'm saying is this. Don't listen for an opportunity to jump in. And tell them what you got. Y'all don't want to talk about it, don't you? Because I do it. Well, that was my first practice. I was going to be a good listener. But all I found myself doing was I was listening for a pause. Then I was going to jump in and tell them what they need to be doing. I blew it. I blew it. 
See, listening, Rick Warren says it in his book, remember, it's not, up to, it's not about you. It's not about you. But when we listen to people's needs, then we can almost hear things change. Listen, listen. The Bible tells us how to speak about our, our, our faith. Let me tell you, let me, let me I'll, I'll, I'll put this in here. I want you to get this. Write this down. You can go back to it because most of you won't even find 1 Peter for the next 10 minutes. 1 Peter 3, 15 to 16 says this. But in your hearts, this is how we witness to people. This is how we talk about our faith to people. Listen, guys. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord is holy. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. That's how we do it, with gentleness and respect. Having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. God will take uh, 1 Peter 3, 15 16. Those who mess with you, Jesus will take care of them. You ain't got to do none of that. You ought to treat people with gentleness and respect. Amen? You ain't got to get in an argument with them. We are to be humble, respectful. We're not to be obnoxious and, and arrogant. Folks need me and you. I talked to a guy that was turned off by church. You know why? A guy was always constantly witnessing to him. He said, I couldn't even go pee. In the, in, the, in, the, in the men's restroom. We're to be humble. Hard to be. Just don't do it in the restroom. <laughs> Unless somebody asks you about it. The third thing is we need to talk about real life. Jesus talked about real life. Because sometimes when me and you, when we start talking about our faith, we start getting religious. Y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? We start getting real religious and not about real life. Sometimes when we talk about faith and we get real religious and we start using church words. So I said, hey, where do you go to church? Hey, you want to be sanctified, set aside, saved by his grace? <laughs> Am I right? Thou that can come later. Jesus talked about real life. And guys, I want to tell you, you don't have to be a preacher to, to, to talk about faith. It's not even what, what they want to hear in the moments at work or at the ball field. It's just not. She starts, she's the one who starts to talk about religion in this chapter of John 4. I want y'all to go back, back to look. But Jesus flips the script. I want you to see what he says. 16 and 18. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman asked him, I ain't got no husband. Jesus said to her, you're right in saying that I have no husband. For you have had five husbands. And the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. She wanted to start telling him how, uh, 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 about mountains and stuff. And he said, what about your husband? Then 19 and 20 says this. 
The woman said to him, here you go, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain. Remember what I'm talking about? But you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. He's talking about marriage, and she's wanting to talk about mountains. It's much more comfortable sometimes to talk about religious things than real life. Amen? Y'all ever been there? We can talk about religious things, but let's don't get real. But if we don't talk about real life, we can't get to the real need. You see, in this conversation, even though Jesus just told her she'd been sleeping around, she still understood that he understood her. Because he went to the real need. You see, instead of getting involved in theology class, Jesus talks about real life. I hear it around the counter all the time. People getting involved in theology class and arguing with an unbeliever. Well, we need to be talking about real life. You see, instead of arguing with her about mountains or, 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 and marriages, he went straight to her real life. Newsflash, Jesus can work in real messy lives. Next thing is this, we want to, and I'm talking about getting ready for Easter is what I'm talking about. Number four, put down, give an invitation. At some point, at some point, you pass along this invitation that Jesus gives. This real life, this living water. You heard Derek saying about it a while ago. Verses 10 and 11 says this. Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? You know why he said, give me a drink, I believe? When I read that verse, Jesus is connecting with her. Jesus is connecting with her. He's talking about something she knows about. So he said, all right. She said, all right, what about this water? I know my water that I draw out of this well, it's real deep, and it will quench your thirst. Where do you get this water you're talking about? He's done hit a common thing here with it. You see, we got we to gotta connect with people. 13 and 14 says, Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. He said, everyone who drinks of your water is going to be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. She knows water. She knows water. Now she knows Jesus is talking about her. Let me tell you something about faith. You can write this down. Faith is, is, is not a subject that you study. Faith is a relationship that you experience. 
Do you get it? It's a relationship that you experience. Jesus says, take a drink and begin the relationship. Take a drink. We have, you and me, not just me, you, every one of us, we have the privilege of doing so, of offering people a drink. You see, it's not about convincing people. I hear people from time to time trying to convince people. You do the inviting. God does the convincing. God does the convincing. We just have the privilege of being able to, to, to pass it out. What I mean by that is the invitations. We're getting back to the invitations. And guess what? You ain't got to do nothing for the party. Because it's God's party. He's taking care of everything else. You're just passing out invitations this week. Amen? God's working on the musicians this week. You know why I know? Because I'm praying for them. Others are praying for them. God's working on the sound booth back there. They're praying for them. God's working on me this week. God's working on the folks and the kids this week. Let's pray for them. Luke's teaching them. <laughs> the cash girls told me this morning what Luke had taught them. And how'd it go? Really loud. Yeah, you got to do Jesus really loud. And, and, <coughs> but those guys are going to be prepared. All you got to do is hand out the invitation. That's all you have to do. He's had an invitation for the folks and ask them to come get a drink. It's Jesus' party. It ain't even yours. Matthew 22, 9. Let me get to that right quick. Don't worry about finding it. Like I said, some of y'all don't. But Matthew is the first book of the New Testament, just so you guys will know. Don't worry about it. Just stay where you're at. Matthew 22, 9 says... Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. That means everybody. No matter what they look like. No matter what they smell like. No matter what they dress like. Go to the main roads where everybody travels. And, and invite them. Invite them. Not inside the church. The main road doesn't run through here. Don't call and ask me if I'm coming to church Sunday. And that you would like to invite me. Jim Pinker, don't you go to work Monday morning and say, Nick, I hope you'll be at church. That ain't the invitation I'm talking about. I'm talking about people outside the church. As long as I'm wearing this coat that God gave me, this coat of dreams in 1997, we will not be keepers of the aquarium. We will be fishers of men. Amen? Amen. And I'm going to keep wearing my coat. Whether anybody likes it or not. I know I'm different. Difference good. Luke 5, 30, let me go to a couple books over. 
we still in the New Testament, for those of you guys that are wondering. Luke 5.32. Is that what I said? I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I'm going to tell you something. If he happens to show up Sunday, I can't wait to see him. But I think he wants us to be him with skin on. He'd be out in the highways and the byways. Looking for sinners to call to repentance. He expects me and you to do some things. If you're saved, you're to be serving. We're to be passing some invitations along. To be honest with you, some folks never come to church because they've just simply not been invited. I mean, they just, well, ain't nobody ever invited me. I might come to North Point, but that bunch up there snooty. I work with three of them, and none of them have ever said, would you come to church? Would you like to come to church? I see Jim all the time in the diner, and he's never said, would you come to church? Would you like to come to church this Sunday? But let me do me a favor. When you do invite someone, be sincere about it. Folks can tell when you're just checking it off. Be sincere about it. You know, say, I'll, I'll meet you there. I go to the 9 o'clock service. I'll get up early and come there to you. Or I'll, I'll hang out and come to the 11 with you. Whatever it takes. You know, I'll save us a seat. Be sincere about it. Show them that they're really important to you. Amen? Y'all get what I'm saying? The, the love of Christ is the best invitation that we can pass along. Let me give you my story of an invitation. I just had moved to town to a dairy where I lived on Park Street. And uh, it was one Saturday night, and I, was by, I lived by myself. I was 26 years old, and... and, uh, and and uh, the preacher from town just happened to come by, Greg Brown. Most of you probably know this story. I'll tell you anyway. And I had been drinking. And uh, anybody could tell when they walked in the door. Well, Greg came in and welcomed me to town. Started talking to me about, about Rock Martin. And he was talking about my, it seemed like I had an orange Nogahide love seat. And my TV and, and, and stereo was on two-by-fours and concrete blocks. He's, I used to do one of those. He started talking about some common stuff. You know, I used to have one of those when I was single. Those are, those are really nice book stands and shelf stands. <laughs> and this, he never mentioned the fact that I was drinking. He said, hey, before I leave, uh, uh, we're having church tomorrow. If you can, I'd like to invite you. Starts about 11. Just come as you want to. And uh, uh, if you're there, I, I, uh, I'll, I'll come out and holler at you. And uh, prayed for me and left. You know, I, I love the fact that he prayed for me. But, and, and that's okay to pray for someone. Nobody's ever going to say, no, don't pray for me. But, but I woke up Sunday morning kind of hurting. 
But I remembered he didn't pass judgment on me. I remembered that we, we had some common interests. That he used to have a two by four concrete block entertainment center like I did. But I mostly remembered that he loved me. Enough to offer me that invitation. And I didn't exactly fit the Baptist mode. But he offered. I hadn't been invited before. It's Easter. More people are receptive of coming to church this time of year than any other. The interest is there. It's in there. It's in there. So when you think about someone that you want to invite, I want you to do something. You can take your t phones out. I've never invited you hardly ever to take your phones out. But I also invite you to do something else. Text, text them. It's the way we communicate now. If we ask somebody to go talk to somebody even at church, you know what they do? They go text them. Text them right now. If, if, you, if you've got this one person, say, you know what? I'd love to have you come to church with me next week. Or anytime during the service, you just text them. I'll meet you there. Or I'll come get you. But go ahead and do that. Go ahead and do that. Now, when you start to have this conversation about faith, when you start to have this conversation, I'm going to tell you number five, you get joy. When Jesus is having this conversation with this woman, a disciple, uh oh, let me go find my, here we go. The uh, disciples had gone into town to get food. And they come back and they see Jesus you, you know, talking to this woman. And by that time, she's changed. She's sold out on Jesus. And they see him and her talking, and, and they wonder what's going on. Look at 30, John chapter 4, 31 and 34. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him to say, oh, well, let me start at 30. They went out of town and were coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you don't know about. So the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him something to eat? <laughs> that boy, boy ain't hungry now. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Let me tell you something. You know why Jesus wasn't hungry? He was fulfilled in what was happening. His hunger left him because joy had filled that place. When that woman took the living water and she went out. By the conversation that he had with this woman, he ain't even hungry. I could use some of that. The joy of Easter. That's the joy of Easter. If you're going to feel the joy of Easter, you got to share the joy of Easter. If you're going to feel it, you got to share it. Guys, the most common reason that we're joyless is because we've stopped sharing. The most common reason that you don't have no joy is you've stopped sharing. you stop sharing. There's a sixth thing that we get from this conversation. Last one. Expect God will do the work. Expect that God will work. 
before you even start having this conversation, believe that the person you want to share it with, that they will believe. Believe that God wants the best for their life. Take a risk. Take a risk. Tuesday night, I witnessed this. Brad Wilson. He brought half the car lot, it seemed like, Tuesday night. He introduced several folks to me. He said, Jim, this is so-and-so. He, he, he works for me at the car lot. Jim, this is so-and-so. And he whispered in my ear so I would know. I loved that about it so I didn't look stupid. He said, this man listens to you all the time. I told him about your message online. Inviting the folks at work. Simple invitation. Simple invitation. That Brad gave to his co-workers. Come and see. Just, just, just come and see. You know why? He probably listened. Saw that they had some needs. I can imagine he told the guy, look. This helps me. I want you to listen to my pastor. Hey, come on, I want you to listen to my brother speak tonight. Because God's working up here. You know why? This is a holy place. What you learn in the holy place, you must live in the marketplace. Expect that God will work. Expect that God will work through you. Through you. God works through that woman that day. Look at verse 39, I believe it is. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. She said, he told me all that I ever did. This woman led more people to Jesus that day, one woman, than 11 disciples. Do you get it? She led a whole town. They brought lunch. It was a simple conversation. You ain't got to be a long time believer. She was only a believer for a few minutes. Well, when I learn a little more, when I'm discipled next week, I'll start. No, go. You don't have to understand everything. All you have to do is know that, that God made a difference in your life. Well, I used to do this, but I ain't going to do this no more. I was lost and now I'm found. I don't know why, but I was stressed out, but now I have this peace that Jesus has given me. 35 and 36 says this. Do you not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. Guys, it's happening already. We don't have to wait. And the truth is, people are a lot more ready to hear it than we're ready to tell it. Y'all see? Are you hearing me? They're a lot, lot more ready to hear it than you and I are ready to, to share it most of the time. 
Expect that God will do something now. Invite expectantly. Expect what God can do through you. And don't worry about what you can do. It ain't up to you. You're just handing out invitations. Amen? You ain't got to defend God. Some folks think you, you got to defend your faith. An atheist told me one time, all right, I, I kind of, I'm okay with the God thing, but this whole Jesus walking on the water. What do you think, Jim? I said, I believe he did it. Well, what makes you think he did it? His word says so. And, and or, or, then he started talking about it. I said, I don't know about all that. I'm just telling you he walked on water. And, you know, you, it's up to you whether to believe it. I believe. You're the one troubled by it. I'm not. Amen? Let's get ready for Easter. Let's get ready for Easter. I'm going to pray for y'all. We're going to baptize Ernie and Anthony. I'm taking longer than I thought. I should have had some notes, maybe more notes than what I've done. I wouldn't have taken as long, but I'm sorry. Let's baptize. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. Lord, I pray that we get ready for Easter, that, that we're going out on the main road, that we're getting out of church, and, and that we're going we're gonna to be in the city, in the town, in the street, at work, in the grocery store. Lord, we love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. And Lord, thank you. I pray for the musicians. And I pray that they would usher in you. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that I pray. Amen.